Isn't that the appropriate question? Oh my god, what a fucking week. Yeah, it's been a wild week. Um, it seems like we, ha- we have these weeks every once in a while where shit just goes haywire. And like, it always happens like on a Wednesday and a Thursday, like we're right after we drop. And then we just text each other for four days about it. And then... Yeah. And then we f- completely forget <laughs> what happened and we end up not talking about it at Well, all. listen, we, we talked about what we are going to talk about all week. We just spent 40 minutes trying to figure out what we're talking I about. I know. Because just so much shit happens, we want to make sure we don't miss anything. But we just came off the heels of a uh, solid fighter fest show. Um, eh, semi-solid. We'll get into it. I thought it was all right. I hate how I got shifted in a good cop here because I don't want to be good cop. Because <laughs> you were so mad that I also was not that impressed with it when I you know, got here. I know, so I got to be good cop. But all right, I'll, I'll, I'll make it work. I'll be good cop. But we'll get into fighter fest in a little bit. Um, we got a shit ton of news coming up. Tony is fucking steaming. I'm and just, we're gonna open the next segment with him. Yeah, screaming. I'm just. Well, no, I'm not gonna scream. You're gonna scream. I I listened to Slipknot and got all my anger out of me. I didn't at don't, all. Don't don't tell me that. I Jesus, I didn't at all. The fuck out of my house. Yeah, it's it's not my it's not my uh, it's not my jam, as the kids say. <laughs> but in this episode, we will get into a lot of shit because everything happened this week. Yeah. Uh, from all companies, which is good. Yeah. So we had to get a nice little full round, and we will talk about Fighter Fest. Yeah, we will talk about Fighter Fest. But you know, what I want to talk to you about championship belts and where to get them. If you want your own custom championship belt. You need to go to ProAmBelts.com. They have custom championship belts for every occasion, whether it be fantasy football. Uh, what, what other occasion? What, what's your favorite custom belt occasion? Um, porta potty pool. Porta potty pool. What is that? You never been to a porta potty pool? No. You live in Pennsylvania. You never been to a porta no. potty pool? You have to pull a porta potty. Oh, like with like a tr- with like a tractor? No, like with like hands? with like you you fucking pull the son of a bitch. That sounds like some Western Pennsylvania shit. <clears throat> sounds like Allegheny County. Oh well, maybe. That's but some... although it's it's a great winner for a championship belt. I did quite the occasion. I'd, yeah. If I was if I got rewarded for pulling a porta potty, I couldn't I couldn't imagine a better way than getting a championship belt. And if you want to get a championship belt for whatever occasion fits in your life, maybe you're getting married. You know, instead of wedding rings, you get wedding belts, which would be kind of weird. But yeah, you do you, pal. That's the fucking dream, isn't it? That would be cool. If you, had, if you had a wife that was down with that, and she had two words for it, well, I guess you'd have two yeah, words I'd for I'd have her. two words for it, but let's yeah. not talk about that. Jesus yeah, Christ let's, Almighty. Let's not get misogynistic over here in the yeah. middle of our advertisement to the fine people at Pro-Am Belts. But anywho, um, you're going to use the code TBT15OFF, uh, and you will get 15% off your first order on your custom title. Um, we actually got to see the... Uh, Turnbuckle Topics belt in person for the first time last week. And it is beautiful. It was an impressive son of a bitch. Pro-Am belts did a wonderful job, and this is the kind of quality they produce with every single one of their belts. And a nice, like, faux snakeskin backing, looking like... With side plates. Yeah, with side plates for each of the podcasts on the network. I plan plan on getting one for my fantasy league. You know how seriously I take my fantasy league? Yeah. Uh, Me and my friends, this this is our 10th anniversary, so we're we're getting a championship belt made. And we are go absolutely going to pro am because they are the best in the business. None of them are into wrestling though, so you better win because I feel like you're the only one who. Two of them are. Oh, really? oh, okay. I don't know. I only know. I only know like half the league. So. Speaking of that, I gotta show you something right after the segment. All right. Well, we will be right back with you for the news and. Tony two rants. Or maybe let's not use that. Tony two rants. Let's go. Oh goddamn! All right, we'll see you in a little bit. I am gonna let you start here. And then I will respond, because you are hot. I've never seen you this hot. 
come on. I'm Other than that. later today when the Sixers sign out Horford. And that won't make me hot. I'll just be like, if y'all didn't talk shit on him for like the no, past three years. we didn't talk shit on him. I talked no, shit on him. Every, all these Sixers. I, you're not the only Sixers fan. I, but the, the difference is the other Sixers fans that talk shit on him still don't want him. But you want him, apparently. I mean, I'll take him. I don't necessarily want him. Have fun. Four like, years, $112 million. You can rest them. You can rest Embiid. You can rest in peace. All right. We'll get to that later. But you are hot. I'm about not, a certain Omega Man, and I would yet. like to, I would like you to, for you to start, and I'll respond. All right, so I want to, I want to preface this by saying this is not an anti WWE rant. This is not an anti AEW rant. This isn't anti Kenny Omega the wrestler rant. This is more. It's mostly directed at the fans, but Omega gets a little bit of my vinegar and vitriol here. So Kenny Omega put out a tweet. Um, in layman's terms, he deleted the tweet, so you can't see it now anyway. But he basically said, for uh, WWE lines their pockets with blood money, and they have the gall to run against us when we're doing a show for charity, I thought healthy competition was supposed to make everyone better, but I'm feeling pretty sick right now. So let's start with the first line. He is absolutely 100% correct. WWE does line their pockets with blood money, and it sucks. It's They are... They are a morally bankrupt company. It's very unfortunate. Um, I tend to not watch the Saudi shows. The Saudi shows have done nothing but harm for the wrestling world. Chris Jericho's last WWE match ever will probably be at that Saudi show. Shawn Michaels ruined his perfect retirement for that Saudi show. Goldberg had an awesome legacy closing out his, his last match wrestling. He's the best five-minute match in history. And he ruined that legacy. Um, Undertaker came back so quick. Obviously, He's I'm more untouchable. I'm being sarcastic here, but Undertaker came back so quick to erase that from erase that bad taste from his mouth. Um, so yeah, he's 100% right, and it's unfortunate. But I don't know if you're aware of this, but Fight for the Fallen is free. Are you aware that Fight for the Fallen is free for everybody on BR Live? So what's being donated to charity? And this is an awesome thing that AEW is doing. I want to commend them so much for doing this. They're giving 100%, 100%, all of it, all of the ticket sales to the victims of the uh, Madden shooting that happened in Jacksonville last year that's, during the Madden tournament. That's, that's, it's a tremendous thing. You which know. is incredible. But, Mike, let me ask you a question here. If, you're li- if you live in the Florida area, or you live anywhere in the South, I would never live in Florida. Where Jacksonville is a drivable distance, and you're considering going to fight for the Fallen, and you find out that WWE is putting an Evolve show that the ticket's already sold for and has already been booked in the network, is that going to stop you from from buying a ticket to fight for the Fallen? No. So, what the fuck? What the fuck is he up? Like, I don't get it. Like, also, if you're fearing, if you're if you're, if you're smashing legitimately thrones of the biggest wrestling promotion in the world, and not, you are I'm, mad no, about get, an Evolve, I'm, get, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Okay, because we'll, that's, we'll talk about that that's later. for the wrestling fans part of getting buried gets into this. Yeah, but like. I, I just like just, I don't get what his deal is. If like, they're if they're going hundred percent, they're still gonna get that evolve show is gonna be in the network forever. That's that, yes, you don't have to watch it live. And from what I read, it was the plan. It was always no, the it plan. Was, it was it's been announced for months. Like it's it, it, they just never really just ramped it up. They, they just didn't it say it was on the network. Yeah. And I'm not saying that it wasn't the plan all along to go on the network because AEW definitely had something to do with it, them putting it on the network. Well listen, but I know we're gonna get this in a minute. 
but they're asking for it. No, they, no, 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 no. We're gonna get there. We're gonna get there. Oh, I'm gonna. You're getting me angry no, now. Because, but uh, I just don't get what his fucking deal no. is. And this, I don't want to attack Kenny Omega too much because I truly do believe he's the second best wrestler in the world. I uh, he he's but, fallen for me, but that's a whole different conversation. Yeah, that's another fucking subject. But I just don't get what he's so upset about. He's making it sound like the WWE running the show is taking money from charity. He's fucking like, <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, it makes I no don't sense. Get, like. You're, he was kind of a bitch about the whole situation. They're trying to play the victim card when there's no victim card to be played. Yeah, I know. It's, they're not taking money away from this charity. They aren't, and not but, at all. Because if you were planning on going to the Evolve show, you probably live in the northeastern Pennsylvania area. But, like, you're not going to fucking fly from Wisconsin to fucking Philadelphia. for, And the tickets are already sold. There's, like, this... Oh, my God. That should be a good show, too, though. I mean, it will be a good show. I'm sure it will be. Tazawa and Adam Cole. We'll get we'll get into the whole evolved thing God later. God damn, that we'll talk about that later. But, all right. So now we get to the wrestling fans. So, is them putting the evolved show head to head with the fight for the fallen a petty move? One hundred percent, absolutely. But you know what else is a petty move? New Japan throwing shade on WWE and all their tweets. Yeah, of all you know the what people, else, you know what else is a is a petty move? Seth Rollins telling Will Ospreay he makes more money than him. You know what else is a petty move? Fucking Cody smashing a throne. You people... And this is directed to the wrestling fans now. I'm done with Kenny. He's His rant's over. You people want a war. There's gonna be pettiness. And you're bitching about all this pettiness. My problem with the biggest problem with wrestling fans is... They want everybody to strike WWE, but they do not want WWE to but strike back. But it's not, even, it's not, it's not even that. They're like, oh, everyone's so petty. I, like, are these fans new? Do they not Do they not know that Survivor Series was literally invented to go head-headed with Starcade? And Vince McMahon told pay-per-view providers, if you carry Starcade, you're not getting WrestleMania next year? Did they not know did that Eric Bischoff... Did they not know that Eric Bischoff literally gave Raw spoilers on the air so people wouldn't turn the channel to Raw? Including one for his one of his best friends, Mick Foley. Like, do... How long have these people been wrestling fans that they're talking about petty? If you want this quote unquote wrestling war, there's gonna be pettiness every week. Yeah. That's what this is. Like, what? What's and it's wrong only gonna get worse. People? It didn't happen yet. What's their wrong? show didn't happen yet. Like, I just. I'm sorry. I just. I don't think the AEW side of this. We're kind of in the middle. We have. We have good and bad things to say about both promotions. Is that fair to say? Yeah. I, and. Uh, I think I'm a little. I think you lean a little more towards WWE than I do. But I think yeah, we're but both fair. We're both centrists, and then half of mine is a goddamn gimmick anyway. But uh, we. I forgot where I was going with this, but uh, the AEW side is they're throwing shade left and right, and of all people, New Japan. <laughs> New Japan, who, who who has other people to thank for their success, is throwing shade. And I love New Japan Pro Wrestling. I've loved it for years, and so have you. But of all the people to throw in to throw in shit, it's it's them. Like it's 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 a whole this whole it's getting annoying. To be honest with you, but that's what everybody said they wanted, and, and now the it's happening, and they're all pissed off about and it. And the wrestling I just don't fans are it. blind. I don't. They're blind get it. to one side of it. I. And that's there's there are people that are blind to it from the WWE side, and there's yes. people that are blind to it from the AEW. Like side. there's there's sections there were sections carped out of Fighter Fest last night. I didn't hear a goddamn word about it until you just told me. Well, that's, but I just don't get it. Like they're complaining about pettiness. Like oh, WWE so petty, running an evolved show. Of it's if an you, evolved show. Like if you're what? if you're the second if you're supposed the new revolution of wrestling. 
and an Evolve show scares you, not the saying Evolve is bad, but you're in some fucking trouble. It's not like they said, all right, we're going to fucking throw together an NXT takeover last second. Fuck you. Fuck yeah, because that's different. They took an Evolve show that was already happening, and they said, all right, we're going to put this on the network. For uh, And an Evolve, who they have a working relationship with. They didn't yeah. go out of their way to get a working relationship yeah, just for this point. For like four for years. Three, yeah, for three point. or four years yeah. now. The fucking Street Profits were the Evolve tag team champions this Fabian time last Eich- year. Fabian Eichner was the Evolve champion. Yeah, it's just, it's, the, people are so blind to certain things in Shit, this. Shit, I got you fired. This supposed to be my rant. Now yeah, it, well, you, you got me all hot and bothered. But uh, people are so goddamn blind sometimes. And, and you're right. It's on both. It's on both. Yeah, areas. I don't want to just shit like, on the I AEW think, fans. I think, the WWE fans are But there is one strict difference. A lot of WWE fans are, are do it on pure ignorance. A lot of AEW fans know exactly what they're doing. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. I it's, really, they, I they really do, do it. They do it with the evil empire. It's like hating the fucking Yankees. You know, what I I'm really saying? do think people have the blinders on. Like I've seen some AEW's got some blinders too. Mad blinders. That's what I'm talking. That's what I'm talking about. But I feel like there's more constructed hatred from that side than there is the WWE side. Uh, in the fans, well, in the fans' point of view, there, there are some. There are some very entertaining Twitter accounts that I beg to differ with. with but anyway, I just. It's 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 annoying. It's Between Kenny Omega and the wrestling fans, I just I don't even want to be on wrestling. Kenny anymore. pissed me off so much. I I'm not the biggest fan of Kenny the way it is. He just seems like I, he seems fake. Not in wrestling's fake, but uh, he seems fake. I just don't understand what he was. Ups- I could understand now. I could understand if Fight for the Fallen was sixty bucks and mm. WWE threw the Evolve show on their network that you're already paying for, and people may be like. Huh, this Evolve card looks pretty good. I think I'm just going to watch that instead. Well, yeah. That would be a completely yeah. different story. But it's free. But Fight for the Fallen is already free. Like, you're not... I. And nobody's... The ticket sales aren't being affected by an Evolve show where the tickets are already sold. Like, I just don't get what he was upset about. He started talking about they're taking money away from charity. What? Yeah, it's just... It was a reach to grit the fans all fucking hot and bothered. And then he deleted the tweet. He didn't even... He said it created too much toxicity. And he wasn't talking system of a down. He's eating seeds is oh the pastime activity. Jesus. The toxicity of our city, of our city. That was your fault. But, uh, yeah, like he he opened the fucking door and he's like, nope, not going in there. And he turned and he closed the door. Yeah. I, it's, just, it's ridiculous. I just don't understand why he tried to play the victim card when there's, when there's no victim card to be played. With that being said, I'm going to watch both shows. I haven't yeah. decided which one I'm watching. I'll probably watch Fight for the Fallen live. Yeah. That'll probably be the one I watch live. But I'm still going to go back and watch the Evolve show. It's not that big of a deal, people. It's fine. Like, if this pettiness is get it, is bothers you, you're in for a long, however long this quote-unquote war lasts. Because, shit, Raw's running the American Airlines arena last night. And fucking New Japan's there Saturday. You think that was a coincidence? Trying to capitalize in the market. That's how it, like... It's just, I don't know. That's, it's, I was, I tried to stay off Twitter. It was like, Twitter was a car wreck. This, 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 Twitter was a very bad car wreck for wrestling Twitter this week because you didn't want to look at it, but you couldn't turn away from it. These days it's a car wreck every week. I just don't understand what people want. I, I just like good wrestling, man. And nobody's watching 205 Live and that's good wrestling. That's very good wrestling. That annoys me. But, uh. You pissed Boss Man off, but that's a. That's another. That's another story. Do you have anything else to say on this before we move on? 
Oh, uh, no, I do not. I don't feel any better, by the way. I feel worse now. Yeah, because you, you realize shit. Uh, uh, that happens. Uh, with this shit, I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, and, uh, we... It's just, it's annoying. It's annoying. I don't even want to talk about it anymore. Because we, we both, we both, uh, we hate it. What's next? Well, Will Ospreay and Seth Rollins. Oh, wonderful. Um, so, before Stomping Grounds, or was it the day, was it the day of Stomping Grounds that the first tweet where he said, uh, yeah, because he was referring to Stomping Grounds, where he said it was the best pro wrestling in the world, and then... Basically, he said, find somebody alive uh, who could do what I do and the schedule I do. And then Will Ospreay said, I'm alive. And that set Mr. Rollins off for, for a whole for a little Roll, bit. Everybody was getting Rollins' hands this fucking week. Yeah, Rollins. Meltzer, was, Keller, yeah, Wade Ospreay. Moxley. Um, so ba- yeah, that was, that's, that was weird. That's kind of a talking point we have to talk about. So he basically said Moxley took his ball and went home. And he couldn't cut the WWE schedule anymore. And now after we just saw Moxley have, I don't want to call it a death match because it wasn't really, a hardcore match with uh, Joey Janela. Just a core match. It wasn't that hard. What do you make of Mr. Rollins' comments towards his former best friend? Or maybe current best friend. I don't know how they're feeling about each other. I think of all, if, if all the things were a work, that'd be it. Because I, I, Rollins never struck me as that kind of person to betray his friends, as all those characters are strictly that. But I'm sure they might have talked. No, I don't think, I don't think he called him and said, hey, I just, I'm going to say this. Moxley I think understands the business enough yeah, to, to, to I, be I like, de- okay. I definitely don't think those are or he Or he called him after it and be like, listen. I can see that too. No, I can Because they, they are really good friends. They, the three, the, him, the three of them, the S.H.I.E.L.D. members are legit best friends. So it doesn't. I don't think, I don't think that, um. I don't think that Rollins necessarily believed what he was saying at, at that point. I think he believes most of what he's saying right now. Yeah. But I, at the same time, I don't blame the guy. Like, everyone's shitting on WWE. And WWE has a right to be getting shit on. It's not like they're just... To an extent. I'm, the programming has been pretty it bad. It is. It is. It's been pretty bad. It's like, gotten better the last few weeks. That's... But, you know, but it's it, still it, a turd. It's, it's a polished turd, it's a, it's, a bar- it's, a it's a barrage of just insults. But if and, this is a quote-unquote war... Seth's going to be the person carrying the banner in the battle. And yeah. I, I, pre- I stand up for his guys. I appreciate it. And he basically said that he hopes he speaks for the locker room and if and he hopes that more people speak out. And if they're afraid to speak out, he said he will be the voice for the locker room. And it's refreshing to see someone that, no matter what company it is, it's just refreshing to see someone that has that passion. To care that much, yes. I hope... I hope Cody and the Bucks think AEW is the best wrestling promotion in the world. I hope Will Ospreay and Okada think New Japan is the best wrestling in the world. I hope Rollins and Kofi think WWE is the best wrestling in the world. I hope Adam Cole and Velveteen think NXT is the best wrestling in the world. If you are the top guy in any promotion, you should have that faith in your promotion. I hope that Matt Taven thinks Ring of Honor is the best wrestling in the world. I, if you want your top guy to have that kind of the confidence. The company, yeah. Yeah. And so... He, I did think he did cross the line when he when he when he pulled his checkbook into it. That was a, that was a dick move. That, yeah, well, a little bit. That was a dick move, but. But, what's wrestling all about? Controversy. Making money creates cash. Shit, we didn't get there yet either. Mm-hmm. But uh, <laughs> we didn't. But, what do you? I I don't know. I just that's another thing that people are making such a big deal out of, and. I don't know. I just. I think Osprey started it just to sell T-shirt. 
Osprey's always been a little shit though, and I, I don't I don't mean that in a negative way. Like I'm a big Will Osprey guy. We've said on this podcast like the past three weeks that we've slotted him into the number three spot, and with you souring on Omega, he might even be in your number two spot. Yeah, um, I I have Omega at four right now. Wow. So you got who do you got who do you have in front of him? Obviously Okada. Okada. Obviously Osprey. Osprey. Big Daddy Seth. Really. I. Kenny has not done anything to impress me in the area. What is what has Seth done besides the match with AJ? Match, uh, match with AJ. Uh, he's his promos are incredible. Not that Omega's aren't, but I just think Seth's been on a run for the last nine months. That I think he's at a. Really... I thought Seth. I thought Seth's last year was better than Omega's last year. Last twelve months. Well. You can't really count Omega's twenty nineteen because he's only had three matches. Yeah. So. Well, no, but that's what I'm saying. That's that. That's why though. It, that, you have to take that into consideration. But yeah. I just think I. Kenny's think... had three good matches. Seth has had like a hundred and sixty four, and like Seth hasn't. And I love Seth. Seth is like one of my favorites, but his twenty nineteen's been bad. I just I. And it's not entirely his fault. He's been saddled with Corbin. That doesn't mm. help. But he had the let's let's take it. He won the Royal Rumble. Yeah. He had the next two pay per views off. Well, no, he had the shield. He did the shield deal at Fastlane, so that was really nothing. Yeah. He had a two minute match with Brock at Mania. Then he had a. I, I don't think it's needed this much discussion. I just think Seth's last twelve months and Kenny's last twelve months were very. I just different. don't understand how you can have Seth in front of guys like Gargano and Adam Cole. I just don't. I don't understand that. It's. It's. I just. I feel like Seth, Seth at three. That's... I feel like Seth has claimed. To be, Seth has been very consistently great for five years now. Has he? Yes. I don't know if I agree. This different episode. All right, whatever. Let's move on. So, we had two major turns this yeah. week. And then this would be a little quick thing because uh, I wasn't... All our Turnbuckle Topics family was at Best of the... I almost said Super Juniors. Best in the World, ROH's pay-per-view, and Flip Gordon is now a member of... Villain Enterprises, and if I could think of anybody that screams villain, it's Flip. Are you not a Flip guy? No, I just, I just, I just, I'm being sarcastic. Okay. Like, I, I don't know if, I don't know if you, like, because you do hate some really random people. So I do I hate some really I, random I people. That's, I'm that trying list. to work on that, but you know what I think of Flip as a villain? What? Do you remember the fucking uh, uh, fairly odd parents, Darth Vader? Yeah. With the fucking dog. Yeah. That's what I think is Flip as a villain. Jesus. Flipsy. I, I I guess he just did not scream villain to me. <laughs> I mean, I've got to give it a chance. First. No, I'm I'm giving it a chance, but that's that's my first impression. I think, I mean, I think it was an interesting choice. They, I mean, I think he's very good. They've been they've been building up this storyline for literally months, um, including Marty Skull trying to ask Janela to be the fourth member, and Janela said he was signed to AEW, and Marty said, "What the fuck is AEW?" <laughs> Which oh. is a funny little. Now, that is funny because yeah. he'll be there soon. But that, that was going to be my next question after I get to this point. Marty and Flip have great chemistry. I don't know if you remember the Marty and Flip take Japan being the elite segments. Oh, no. my God. No, the funniest Marty and Flip is when he invited him to his New Year's, uh, Eve, yeah. New Year's Day party for one. And then Kenny called and, and confirmed. The and, and then he, he, he went back the he come back to call the Flip. He goes, yeah. <laughs> he told me he couldn't come. Sorry, it's capped. <laughs> So, uh, there's the first hand rub of the episode. Gotta oh, love it. Oh, I'm getting excited. I, yeah. <laughs> it's a t-shirt. It's my hands. Fucking going so, nuts. Look like Corey Graves is the prayer hands. You got the fucking rub hands. Oh, that's, don't stare at me and do that ever again. 
So with all the investment they put in this storyline, you still think you still think Marty's out of there and this just gets dropped. I think if ROH had a chance at anything, he'd stay, but he, they don't. And I think there's going to be some very high bidders. Oh yeah, I'm sure. I think I'm the, sure the top two companies will be after him. I, and I I'm sure New can, Japan would like to get him full time too. Yeah, they would. I I just think I think WWE is very interested in Marty Scurll. I think they are. Yeah, but I can't if he's. Leaving Ring of Honor, I think he's gone with his friends. Yeah, no, I'm pretty sure that's what's going to happen. I mean, that when they were sitting in the when they were sitting in the Cracker Barrel, it was just him. It was the saddest picture I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> but then he seems like he shook it off. He like the All My Friends Are Dead shirt, and he claims they're all dead, and he doesn't know what AEW is, which is a funny little gimmick. It's Shark Boy's gimmick, but it's. it's <laughs> well, you know, I don't think he has amnesia. I think he's just no. dumb. <laughs> I love Marty. Yeah, Marty's awesome. But no, I think he goes. I think he. I think he finds himself in the AEW. So, you, so you think Flip Gordon becomes the villain and takes over villain enterprises? Yes. I think for at least a little, yes. So it's going to be Flip Gordon, Brody King, and fucking PCO? Yes. Oh my god. That's... I just thought about that. That's wild. That's hilarious. But I think if anybody can pull it off, it's Flip. Well, we'll see where it goes. He off to a bad start. He popped his shoulder out doing that 450. I don't know if you saw the clip. But I didn't, but that's not He popped start. a bad game. It wasn't that big of a deal, but it wasn't the best start. That happens to people. I have a friend that happens to just standing around. Yeah, it's unfortunate. So, in our other turn, me and your best friend. Yeah, our cornhole part. Well, my cornhole partner. He took the L. Robbie Eagles. He left the Bullet Club to uh, join forces with Chaos. There's So, during the entire Best of the Super Juniors, Will Ospreay was trying to convince him to join Chaos. And then him and El Fantasmo started having problems. And then, eventually, Sunday in Australia, which we ha- which I actually haven't seen yet because... It isn't on New Japan World yet, and I didn't purchase it on Fight because I honestly forgot about the show. But um, Robbie Eagles finally turned on the Bullet Club and joined Chaos. I'm a big Robbie Eagles guy. It it helps that he was very nice at the at the block party. Even before that, I thought he's a hell of a talent. And we're gonna we're gonna see Babyface Sniper. Can you be a sniper and be a Babyface? I mean, I'm pretty sure Chris Kyle was a Babyface. Oh God, yeah, I guess. I mean, that's a all right, touche. Yeah, I mean, you, you really there's didn't really give me any options to answer the question. Well, I mean, Robbie Eagles isn't fighting terrorism; he's wrestling in New Japan. You said a sniper. Yeah, but like maybe Robbie. Never mind. I I, I don't want to go there. <laughs> but yes, he could be a babyface. All right. But okay, next probably the biggest news of the week, but it yeah, all got gender? shadowed. No, Easy E and Paul E. Why did you have to say it like that? Because I'm the fucking man. That's why. So, WWE hired Eric Bischoff to run SmackDown Executive Director and Paul Heyman to run Raw Executive Director. Thoughts? Definitely a panic move, but they should be panicking right now. They're moving to Fox in, like, four months. The ratings are shit. And they definitely needed something to shake it up. But I'm kind of surprised that they didn't give Paul SmackDown because Paul is more in tune with the product. He's also got to stay with Brock. But Brock shows up once every fucking month. He could go. He could work two nights every once in a while. Um, I was surprised too. But Paul knows... Paul could probably rattle off the entire AEW roster. Like Paul Heyman knows what's going on in the wrestling world. Yeah, Paul Heyman is he, he's probably the smartest guy in that company. I don't want to say Eric doesn't know, but I don't know if Eric knows. I don't know how much Eric's he's been, been out a long time. I don't know how much he's been paying attention. I know he's been. I know every once in a while in eighty three weeks he'll drop like a, a comment or two about the current product, but I never really heard him talk about the current product a whole lot. So 
I hope he kind of knows what's going on in the wrestling scene. Well, they said they're easing him into it. They've been they've been easing Paulie in for a while because remember. Since, like, last summer he's been producing. Well, there's literally an advertisement that Bischoff's going to be on SmackDown today. Yeah. So I don't know how much they're yeah. easing him into it. It sound, doesn't sound well, like Well, no, I mean, he could... Him well, no, the, the, the story was they're easing him into his role. But, I mean, I would like to see Bischoff back on TV. I mean, he's Captain Charisma, you know? I don't... But, like... The, I don't know. There's too many authority figures. I don't need Shane McMahon taking well, up four segments and then Bischoff running Well, around. I don't think they're going to be on TV. Well, according... If those ads are true, they're... I, I don't know why they put him front and center on the ads if they weren't going to appear on TV. I mean, we'll find out tonight. Yeah, we will. And we would have found out last night if Heyman appeared on TV. Because... Well, Brock still got the cash room. Well, without Brock. Yeah, okay. Well, yeah. Don't, don't fuck Brock. Like, why are you factoring him into this? <laughs> we fucking know he's going to be there with Brock. But I'm very excited to have two, these two guys are running TV now. And I'd love to see where it goes. What do, you, what do you think? Are they going to turn this shit around? I think they can. I think they can too. I think that I think Heyman especially can. At the end of the day, they still get answered events, and that's going to be the. I know Bischoff knows television. He does. And do you think his television experience outside of wrestling is why they gave yes. him SmackDown? Yes. Can I play devil's advocate? Yeah. All of his television outside of wrestling has failed miserably. I mean, I'd rather I'd rather have somebody that that tried and failed than not tried at all. I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. But he if just, you he, tried and failed, you know they don't, they can't cut the mustard. If you never tried, but he it's I I just think that's probably why he knows he knows more outside of wrestling, and there's going to be a lot of shit outside of wrestling to do. He knows syndication. He knows. Uh, well, I don't think SmackDown's going to get fucking syndicated. Okay, you're that's, right, but uh, I just think I, it's a good move. I mean, they obviously hired him for a reason. It's it's a panic move. Yeah. But they should be panicking. Yeah, and I'm, I'm happy to see where it goes. Yeah, I mean, it can't get any worse. So, eight nights ago on Raw, Shane McMahon, a.k.a. the best in the world, was going to deliver a coast-to-coast to one Roman Reigns. Yeah, Roman probably had to lean in again like he did last time. And he got up to the thing, the top of the rope, and the gong hits. I'm glad you didn't say the dong. I'm glad you went with gong, because... <laughs> the gong hits, lights go out, place fucking erupts. All 800 people that went wild. Yeah. And they were loud. Yeah. And the lights come back on. Not a lot of them, but they were loud. And Texas Red is standing there right in the it was, fucking... It was Booger Red, wasn't it? No, it was Texas Red. It was Booger Red. It was Texas Red. It was Booger Red. Uh, Jim Ross, he's Five dollars. What Jim Ross called him on commentary in 2002... No, his name is his WCW name. No, his WCW name was fucking Mean Mark Callis. I, I'll bet you $5 he was Texas Red. He went and wrestled as Texas Red. I'm talking about what JR called him in commentary. Oh, no, Booger Red. But uh, yeah. he was there, standing there. He looked fiery. He looked great. I mean, he did a choke slam and two clotheslines. But that's how you sell a goddamn choke slam for Shane. But uh, he's there, and we're getting a match at Extreme Rules. Yeah, I mean, it'll be, it'll be interesting. Uh, what do you think? Panic move? Did he just want to get Goldberg oh, move out of the absolutely a panic They saw the attendance at the last pay-per-view, and they said, fuck, we cannot have that again. No, I agree. But I'm excited. I mean, I'm never not excited to see Undertaker. Well, I mean, last time you saw him, you were sleeping, so. He woke me up. Well, the better have woken you up. But uh, I'm excited. I mean, I think he could still, still hold a match with someone like Drew. And rumor is he personally wanted to work with Drew, and I can really see that. Uh, Drew win over Taker could... could uh, well, I don't really think they're winning, so... I mean, if I'm assuming Drew and him are going to go one-on-one at SummerSlam. I heard it's going to be him and Corbin, and he's going to squash Corbin. That'd be hilarious. I heard that's where they're going. That'd be hilarious. So, 
We'll see, though. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Up next, Tinder Jinder Mahal. Signed for five years, and you said he was injured? Yeah, he had uh, surgery, tore up his knee at a house show. He's out. He's going to be out for a while. Um, That's upsetting. I like Jinder. Yeah. But what do you think of signing him? The, I just think uh, he's good. He's a good wrestler. They're not not a great wrestler. They're locking up everyone they can. Yeah. That's what he's it comes not, down to. He's not a great wrestler, but he's a good wrestler. He's a he's a Molly heard an unbelievable person, and those are the guys you want on your team in this times like this. Don't be surprised if they fucking signed. Who's the biggest geek on the roster? No way, Jose to a new five year deal. <laughs> They're locking everyone up. That is the biggest geek on the roster. They don't want anyone going anywhere. Him or Mojo. Well, Mojo just signed a new five-year Yeah, he deal. did, didn't he? So, point, point. There you go. So, that's him keeping talent away. So, do you think Jinder will ever hold a, cha- a championship ever again? Uh, he'll probably get the 24-7 title again if we're counting that as a title. No, we're not. Uh, it's a title, but but for... but for That shit might have sailed then. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, I liked, I didn't hate Jinder's reign, did you? I did, yeah. I mean, I thought it started off good. I thought they could have booked it better because he just kept winning cheap marches over Orton. What the fuck else did you want him to do? Do you see the fucking guy, dude? He can, he can win anything clean. He boxed his finisher every time he went for it. I love that finisher. The <laughs> Colossus, dude. It's the Colossus. Maybe if you could execute it properly, it'd be good. Yeah, maybe you could execute it properly. And our last and final news segment. Kurt Angle, speaking the truth. Yeah, it's all you. I got no called, comment. I got no comment called on Baron Corbin the best heel in the business. And you know what? There is no one more hated. Because heat is heat, and he is... Yeah, so let's talk. Do you, do you believe in go away heat? To an extent. Okay. I feel like being hated. I feel like go away heat is no reaction. But if you, if you're coming out and you're booing you, you're the top fucking heel in the company. I'm sorry. He's the first person to get booed like that in a very 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 long time. And I don't think he's terrible in the ring. I think he I think he can work the crowd. I think he has the crowd in the palm of his fingers when he talks. And then all the palm of your fingers is in the thing. Yeah, as you say, palm but your fingers. I just and I, another thing, people telling a Kurt Angle who's a better, who's not a good heel. But I, I Kurt Angle wanted to work with him. He likes him a lot. I think Baron. I think with the little with the mouthpiece maybe and a nice year and a half, Baron and Corbin can win the big belt. And see, I, I think the hatred for Baron Corbin comes from the fact that he's just. He just kind of got thrust in his main event spot, and he's not ready for it. Like, if he would have just stayed in the mid-card, had a, had another run with the U.S. title or something, you know, just stayed away from the main event until he was ready, I don't think people would hate him as nearly as much as he did. That's fair. But he won Money in the Bank like way too early. He won the U.S. title and then lost it to Dolph in, like, a month. Had the least memorable reign of all time. Then he became the fucking constable. Then he cut his hair. Then he became the fucking GM of Raw. Then he got fired as the GM of Raw. And he's still dressing like the GM of Raw. And now he's working main events. Like, it makes no sense. Like, if they would have built the guy up... Same thing with Jinder. If they would have, like, built Jinder up instead of him just winning the title out of nowhere, I think people would have hated him and his reign a lot less. But when you go from geek to fucking top guy, it just... Ah, he, like, that would have been, like, if The Rock just completely skipped the nation phase and just went from, like... Babyface rock, die, rock, you die, the WWE champion. Like, that's I, fair. We were talking about that the what if episode. Like what would have happened? Yeah. And like That's fair. That's right. I mean it's 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 mainly booking, but I think corporate's better than a lot of people give him credit for. Uh, I I guess because people don't give him a lot of credit. But I don't think he's like 
I could probably name 65 wrestlers better than him off the top of my head. Probably. But, no, I, like I said, I don't hate Baron Corbin as much as the rest of the internet, but... I love him. I, I know you love him. He brings the darkness. He does have a great theme song. Mm-hmm. So that is it for the news this week. Got anything else you want to talk about? Uh, not really. Um, well, I mean, I got plenty more I want to talk about, but it's all Fighter Fest related, which is coming up next, but... Unless there's anything else in the news you'd like to discuss, I think we can move on to Fighter Fest. Absolutely. So we will see you in a minute. Fighter Fest took place in the Ocean Center in Daytona Beach, Florida. You know what else took place in the Ocean Center? Is that where Kevin Nash did a cannonball? No. What? That was in spring break. Oh, yeah, I don't know. The Ocean Center is a legitimate arena. No. Hulk Hogan. He uh, turned his back in WCW and joined really? the Really? That was there? Yeah. I had no idea. The Ocean Center. That's like Bash of the Beach was there like every Well, you're in Arena, Mark, so. So? No, I'm just saying. You would know. All right. So the buy-in was the pre-show for all the Did not wrestling. watch the pre-show. This will be all Tony. Um, I'm f- you only missed one good thing, a tag team match. This was the match that earned you a match at All Out to earn a buy in the tag title tournament. The most convoluted <laughs> explanation. That is ever. bizarre. That is almost as weird as the fucking Royal the Rumble they had at the at all at a uh, double or nothing. Oh, the the yeah, like the casino battle royale. Jim Cornette has a funny take on that thing. He goes, "I had no idea what the fuck was going on." I mean, he said some pretty fucked up shit, but he had some good points too. That's 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 pre- that's pretty much his whole thing. All right. So anyway, this match went 16 minutes and five seconds. Very good match. Probably the most fun match in the show. It was Best Friends taking on SCU and Private Party. This was my first exposure to Private Party. Um, Mark Quinn and Isaiah Cassidy. Big fans of these guys. They won me over as soon as they came out, and they said at a combined weight of 24 ounces of cranberry vodka. And their location was a place where you need an invitation to go <laughs> because it's a private party. Yes, I like that a lot, actually. Yeah, they're, they're awesome. So... Mark Quinn is amazing because he wrestles with the sunglasses on, and those those bitches lasted a long time before they came off. That, that's impressive. And Isaiah Cassidy also does like the Molina primal screams. Jesus Christ! Yeah. So, uh, this match was a really fun uh, triple threat. They actually tried to make it make sense on like WWE, who's like three way tag matches are a lot of high spots. So Trent Cassidy began, Trent hit a shoulder tackle. I actually took notes this time. Isn't that crazy? Oh, you, you, you're back on your fucking bullshit. I felt, I felt in the mood, but... Don't, don't, <laughs> you don't took notes for this Nakazawa match? No. <laughs> I, could, I couldn't bring myself to it. He's a fucking joke, that guy. Uh, so Chuck tags in, hit a shoulder tackle, then Kaz tags himself in, and Quinn joins him. They lock up, work into counters until Kaz hits a lariat. Scorpio Sky tags in, hits a big backbreak. I'm a big Frankie Kazarian fan. Yeah. Big. I'm a big Scorpio Sky guy. Sky guy. Oh, shit. I didn't mean to rhyme there. Cornette's also a big fan. Um, Scorpio Sky's awesome. And speaking of that, he hits his big backbreaker. Then Trent tags himself in and locks up with Sky. Kaz joins. Then they uh, isolate Trent, get the heat. Finally, Mark Quinn gets a tag in. He hits a big high cross. He hits a trouble in paradise. Um, then Private Party starts hitting all these crazy double teams. Your, your favorite boy, Chucky Taylor, gets a tag in. Quinn has a tornado DDT as Cassidy has a dive simultaneously. SCU and Best Friends uh, suplex Cassidy on the floor. Kaz follows with the DDT on Quinn. Best Friends isolate Cassidy. SCU attacks. Best Friends do the Rainmaker hug. Camera was very late zooming out. Like Again, that's, that, happened at, that happened at Double or Nothing, no, too. No, way later than that. Like, Jesus. They're already on the next spot, and then the camera zoomed out. So that was kind of a fail. But uh, 
So, um, Trent follows up with chops, tags in Chuck, hits a Northern Light suplex for a near fall. Chuck hits a drop kick. Uh, then Cassidy fi fires back and he eats soul food, which is what Chuck Taylor calls his version of eat defeat. Um, uh, Cassidy cuts off Chuck, but Trent cuts off the tag. Cassidy fights for a tag. Kaz makes the tag uh, because this is one of the gimmicks where you can tag in anybody. So Isaiah Cassidy tagged in Kaz. Um, Kaz hits big drop kicks, slingshot cutter. Chuck hits a standing slice spread, which is pretty impressive for him. Scorpio Sky hits a big cutter. Trent hits a tornado DDT. Kaz fights him off. Quinn gets the tag. Hits a shooting star press for a two count. Private Party hits looks for more double teams, but Chuck suplexes them together, but SCU makes a save. Cassidy fires back, but SCU hits more hits another double team for a near fall. Um, Cassidy counters Doomsday and dumps Sky out of the ring. He backflips out of a German suplex attempt from Trent. Uh, the crowd is going fucking crazy at this point. Sky follows up with strikes, but gets dumped. Chuck dumps Quinn with and hits a knee strike. Uh, Trent and Chuck Taylor hit the strong zero, and they get the win at 16 minutes and 5 seconds. Crazy, them. crazy opener. The right team won, but it was a fantastic showcase for Private I'll Party. I'll have to watch this. Go back and watch this match. This is the first time I ever, seen, I ever saw Private Party, and they impressed the hell out of me. I would, um, Three and three quarters if I'm playing the role of Dave Meltzer. I don't know. It was, it was fun. I had a lot of fun watching this match. I'll have to watch it. Was it as fun as uh, the, the Vintner and Brian versus Heavy Machinery at SmackDown? Or at Sounding Grounds? Yes, but for different reasons. Yes. Okay. Up next, another match that I really didn't take notes on because it was literally just a match. It was Ali versus Leva Bates. Um, I originally, I guess this was originally supposed to be Kylie Ray, but for whatever reason, without any explanation, Ali just took her place. Um, this one eight fifty five, and it was a match. It's one. Ali. Okay. But I don't get the librarian gimmick. I don't I get know. it. I don't either. Basically, the finish of this match was Peter Avalon, the other librarian, tried tossing a book to Leva Bates, but tossed it too far. Um, Allie caught the book. She threw the book back at uh, Leva Bates like she was going to do a Van Terminator. <laughs> but, she, book? but she just super kicked her instead and pinned her for the win. Uh, that'd be the closest. That'd be the closest anybody ever done the Van Terminator came to a book. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm a fan of both Leva Bates and... Um, Peter Avalon, I feel like they could just be doing so much better than the librarian thing. Le I don't mind it. I'm giving it a chance. I like gimmicks. I, I There's not enough gimmicks in wrestling anymore, and I like it. Oliva cut a promo talking about how these people here play too much video games and they should be reading books. Fair. <laughs> well, people, at, do, people do play too much video games and should be reading books. Especially at a video game convention. Yes. Which this was. Yes, it's phenomenal. But, I don't know. I just, I feel like she could be doing so much. I enjoyed her much more as Blue Pants. Um... Fair. And I've enjoyed her much doing everything else. She's talented, but I I don't know. I just giving it a chance. The librarian like librarians aren't doing it doing anything for me. I like them too. I like them both. They're both talented. And then finally a hardcore match. This fucking Michael Nakazawa taking on Alex Jabaley. I just from the little bit I saw this match, it probably gave Cornette a heart attack. Oh, did you see his tweet about it? No. He was actually watching the show. and he, Oh, he's, he's, he's like, I have to watch the rest of this later. I, yeah, I can see he, that. He quit. He quit because of this match. This match was a fucking joke. Just, just, come on. All right, so. Red, there's a, there is wrestling for everybody. Who is out there strictly to see this goddamn match? He pulled Mr. Sako out of his dick. It was, it was a thong. It was, it was a thong. It was Mr. Kako. Um, okay. I don't want to shit on 
Mr. Jabali too hard because he tried. He 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 took some he took Singapore cane shots, so he's more of a man than I am. He took a lot of punishment. He took it took it like a spear through a table. The hard spear too. Um If you want to do this for the live crowd, why wouldn't you put this on as like a dark match? You know, if it was a dark match and like the live crowd just saw it and everything but when you're trying to like take a stab to be the number one wrestling company in the world and see WWE does this too but at least like when they put Seth Meyers in a match it's at least a tag match yeah you know what I mean you don't have you don't have to, you don't have going with a joke wrestler or and like, then have him German suplex him or like when they do have like a, a, a non-wrestler in a one-on-one match it's like Floyd Mayweather who's an athlete or like Lawrence yeah. Taylor who's an athlete like no offense to Alex Shabaley I'm sure he's a nice guy I'm sure he's a great guy, but I watched him suplex Michael Nakazawa, and I feared for his life. That was It was disgusting. Like, why? Whose idea? Hey, let's have this guy that's never wrestled before German suplex him and drop him on his fucking head. And I know he was training with Omega for this match. I really do give him credit for trying. Like, I'm trying not to shit on him. But Omega can train me, too. I'm not going to get any better. Like, that doesn't matter. Don't German fucking suplex a guy. I don't know. It's, it was a hardcore match. Nakazawa hit the Venom tentacle for the win. And yes, that's what he calls you when he fucking puts your th- puts his used man thong in your face. The Venom tentacle. I like that, actually. This match went 9 minutes and 10 seconds. About 8 minutes and 5 seconds too long. 8 minutes and 56 seconds too long. Well, uh, see, 4 seconds. Okay. Uh. Alright, so Jim Ross joined the commentary team after that because Jim Ross doesn't do fucking pre Did they give him the Goldberg entrance? They didn't give him the Goldberg entrance, but he got a full entrance. Uh, Boomer Sooner blared over the loudspeaker and his Titan Trunks said, Jim effing Ross. <laughs> I'm not joking at all. <laughs> what if you said that? Like, hey, I'm Jim fucking Ross. <laughs> And then the pre-show ended with Mox cutting a promo, telling the guys who are cleaning up the ring from the hardcore match to leave the weapons there because he's not done with them tonight. I like that a that lot. Was, it was a good end I of the pre-show. Then the opening video package hit. Say what you want, but that opening video package was awesome. It was very good. Very, um, very, 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 very good. As was good. the opener, Christopher Daniels versus Shima. This match was strong awesome. Hearts. I enjoyed this match. I, this, is, this is why I like this in the Cornets' uh, reviews sometimes because he will love this match. Yeah. So Shima hits a shoulder tackle early. They work a lot of lucha spots. Shima drop kicks him to the floor, follows it up with a drop kick. Um, Shima hits a big senton and then uh, puts Daniels in like a variation of a Koji clutch, but Daniels gets to the ropes. Shima follows with kicks, and then this is where... I wasn't going to bring it up, but I'm just going to mention it. You could make of it what you will. This is where Jim Ross said the line, um, every oriental wrestler uses head kicks. Now, granted, not the, touching it. Now, granted, the name of the federation that Shima is from is Oriental Wrestling Entertainment. That's an easy cop out. But I'm just gonna leave that there. I know there's been a lot of debate on Twitter about Jr. calling people Orientals. <laughs> I'm just gonna leave it there. That's just, that's just a funny sentence. Like I had to rewind it to like he said the what he said the Orientals all use head kicks. I was like, oh, okay. Jim, I love Jim Ross. Phenomenal. He had a great line later. I don't know if you caught it, but uh, I might as well talk about it now. And I think he was dead serious when he said it. Uh, Excalibur was talking about how he loves Joey Janela 
prepared for this match yes. by drinking by shotgunning <laughs> beers and Jim Ross said that's how I prepare. <laughs> and like he I don't think he said it as a joke. No, I mean he only but think about it though when Jim when a Jim, bunch of Moscow mules and came out in commentary. When, when Jim Ross drinks, he loses half of it off the side of his face. So he fucking Will you stop it? Jesus, that's awful. Uh, I mean he said he, Orientals. Oh my you said you weren't gonna touch it and then you did that. I mean, oh my it was a joke. Calm down. Jesus. All right, let's my aunt has Bell's palsy. She, I, could, I could talk about it. Let's get back on topic here. <laughs> so Daniel sets a tilt to whirl backbreaker on the floor. I and then he, your face melts off. And then he hits an overhead. I'm not going to laugh. God damn it. Daniel sits an STO for a near fall. And Daniel hits an Arabian moonsault. And he transitions into a crossface. Shima once again gets to the ropes. But uh, Daniel slams him into the buckle. Shima fires back. Hits a Jushin Thunderliger Shote. Followed by a backstabber. Um... He hits a two count after that. He's slow to follow up, and Christopher Daniels is a very sloppy blue thunderbomb. Uh, he follows it up with an angel's wings, which I actually thought was going to be the finish. Uh, but he only gets a two, fall, two count, two fall, Jesus. Shima counters Yuranagi and hits an Insiguri. He hits Daniels on the rope. Hits a running liber, Liger bomb, uh, and then an air raid crash, and a fucking gigantic Meteora for the win. That went 9 minutes and 50 seconds. Fun match. Uh, the right man won, considering Shima has a date with Kenny Omega in two weeks at Fight for the Fallen. That match will be fun. That match will be very fun. Uh, maybe Kenny Omega can win back some of your respect. Yeah, that was that was incredible. Uh, these guys, these guys know each other very well somehow. And uh, well, I think they work together a lot in Japan. Yeah, Shima's they're friends. Legendary. I know. I know they're really good friends, and they have a lot of good chemistry. Two just next level pro wrestlers. Daniel's one of the greatest pro wrestlers of all time. And crazy to think he was gonna retire, but then AEW came in along, and he's like, "All right, let's do it." You know, yeah. So um, this was very good. Yeah, very the, good. the Ring of Honor storyline. If you're if, if you're Uncle Dave, four 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 four, four stars flat. You going four? I'd probably go. I'd probably go three and three quarter again, but you know, star ratings are all subjective. Up next, a three way dance: Nala Rose versus Riho versus Yuka Sasazaki. Um, the Joshis, uh, double team, uh, Rose early, but Rose overpowers them, hits big slams, she splashes both of them covered and gets a two count. Um, then Yuka and Rio lay the boots to her and follow up with strikes. Rose suplexes both of them. Rose locks in a double camel clutch, which was impressive. They got to the ropes. Rose with a big bear hug, uh, and then a press slam to Riho, uh, to Yuka on top of Riho. Rio Rose rolls to the floor. Then Yuka starts firing up. Hits a Rana on Rose. Uh, Rose goes to the floor. Then Yuka hits a fucking gigantic high cross. Um, she rolls Riho back in, and then they follow. They they start going at it for a while. Yuka hits a big missile drop kick. They trade strikes. Um, head scissors from uh, Yuka. R- knee strike to Rose, who just comes back into the fold. Rio trips her up and hits a six one nine. Yuka follows that up with a seated senton. All the Rey Mysterio moves coming out in this one. <laughs> and then suddenly Finn Balor appears as Rio hits a double stomp. Um, Rio misses Well, I a... mean, is, is it kind of fair to say Rey Mysterio could probably be a, a role model for a lot of women wrestlers yeah. just for size for, for size reasons? Yeah, absolutely. Is that I fair know... to say? That, is that not wrong to say at no, all? No, not but... at all. I know you especially Japanese women. Yeah, because, I mean, they're, they're, they're agile. They can. Uh, they... As Jim Ross said, they remind him of his of his granddaughter because That's they're weird. petite. That's weird. That's weird. That's so <sighs> fucking weird, J.R. <laughs> that's, that's, that is so weird. It's freaky. Um, But, yeah, Io Shirai said... Well, I'm 24 Mysterio, years old. My voice just cracked. I'm just going to put that there. Ray Mysterio said... I'm Ray Mysterio. Io Shirai said that Ray Mysterio is her number one influence, so it's definitely not out of left field to say. Um, 
So after the double stomp, Rio misses a running knee strike. Yuka hits a clothesline, but Rose absolutely no-sells it, lays in strikes. Um, Rose hits a side effect, which I never thought I'd see for a near <laughs> fall. Rose follows it up with a big delayed suplex. Rio gets back in. Rose cuts her off and drapes her over the top rope. And now the fucking craziest thing I ever saw. Rose hits a guillotine King Kong knee drop. Shades of Togi Makabe. It was incredible. Um, Rose refuses the cover, but drags Rio to the corner and heads back up top. But Yuka gets back in, cuts her off. She gets knocked to the floor. Rose misses a swanton bomb. Rio goes up top. Rose catches the high cross, but Yuka flies in. Rose also catches her. And they did like this crazy like half sunset flip, half cradle where they're both covering her. That was really fun. That was a near fall. I don't know who would have won if that, if that would have been the finish there. Um, Yuka suplexes Rio and hits the, I wrote this down, Excalibur called it the Magical Girl Splash. Nice. Um, Rose comes back and hits a German. Um, Rio hits a knee strike. Rose counters a DVD, counters with a DVD for a two count. Rio counters the Beast Bomb into a cradle, gets the win. That went 13 minutes and 15 seconds. Good showcase for Rose. Probably a little too long. Maybe just a little too long. Three minutes too long? Yeah, if it went ten minutes, I thought it would have been great. But not a bad match by any means. Why do they can't have her keep losing? I'm going to be open-minded. I'm going to see what it leads to. But... Yeah. But like they're saying, wins and losses matter. And you're probably going to have you're probably going to have the a force in your women's division to lose their first two matches. I mean, she didn't get pinned in the first match. And then this one was kind of a fluke. So, I don't know. Like you said, I, let's see where it goes before we... Judge it. So up next, uh, it's promo time. MJF comes out. Uh, he, he mocks gamers, and he says, the line of the night, I used to love video games, then I lost my virginity. And they cut to this poor <laughs> fan, and I felt so bad for the guy. He had the look on his face. They were on him for a long time, too. I hope he got like a free t-shirt or something out of it, because that poor guy, man. Um, up next, Jungle Boy comes to the ring on Luchasaurus' shoulders. They appear to be uh, continuing to move them in the direction of being a tag team. Which, you know, I guess it makes sense. A dinosaur and Tarzan. I guess it makes sense. Why does that make sense? They're both <laughs> in the jungle. What? Dinosaurs weren't in the jungle? The whole fucking world was a jungle. No shit, Sherlock. So they're in the fucking jungle. Oh, hmm. Okay. If the whole world is a jungle, where are they at? The fucking Ice Age? I'm going to smack you. You fucking... I, try me. So up next, a four-way dance. Hangman Page taking on MJF, taking on Jimmy Havoc, taking on Jungle Boy. Kip Sabian is on commentary as he will face the winner in two weeks. He added absolutely nothing. He, yeah, nothing. They all brawl at the bell. Page and Jungle Boy working in the working counters. Page has a big boot, lays in the chops. Uh, Jungle Boy hits a Lucha arm drag and a Rana. Havoc cuts him off and hits a corner dropkick and a Michinoku driver, but MJF breaks up the pin. Um, MJF bails, and then he spends like the next 10 minutes just chilling outside of the ring, putting people's feet on the ropes and they get close to the ropes, and just being a dick. Typical MJF. Um, Paige hits a fallaway slam on Jungle Boy and falls with a plancha on MJF on the outside. Havoc then wipes them all out with an apron cannonball. MJF cuts off Jungle Boy, teases a dive, but then doesn't because he's a dick. Jungle Boy heads up to the top, and it's this fucking crazy cannonball moonsault. Oh my god! I don't know if his like foot got caught, but like, but like that he, they call what does he call it? He calls it the hanging, the hang time cannonball senton or something. Something like, that. like I didn't write it down, but it was wild. His foot got caught too. They saved his life. Yeah. Um, he follows that up with chops and MJF, then hit the sunset bomb for two. 
Uh, Havoc cuts Jungle Boy off, and Paige joins them. Typical Tower of Doom spot, and uh, you get one every multi-man match. Um, Paige runs wild until MJF cradles him for a very near fall. MJF uh, powders out of the ring again. Uh, Poison Rana on Havoc by Jungle Boy. Lariat and Powerbomb by Paige, followed by a two. And this is when MJF put Jungle Boy's foot on the ropes. I like that spot a lot. MJF attacks Havoc. Uh, Paige breaks up a pin attempt. Paige and MJF come face-to-face. They trade uh, strikes and chops. MJF chop blocks the injured knee. That's been injured for like months. Uh, he looks for a sharpshooter, but Paige counters it into one of his own. MJF gets to the ropes. Uh... Jimmy Havoc slams Jungle Boy on top of Luchasaurus. MJF low blows Havoc, but Havoc fights back and hits a double stomp. Looks for an acid rainmaker, but MJF pokes him in an eye. Uh, Page hits a buckshot Larry on Havoc, and the dead eye on Havoc. Hangman Page goes over in 10 minutes and 50 seconds. Just Real fun match. A 10 minute spot fest, which isn't a bad thing. No, it, I, I, it's not even the biggest spot fest in the show. No. But there's nothing wrong with this. No, spot fest. there's nothing wrong. But uh, that was good. It really showcased MJF. And uh, Jungle Boy really impressed me. I didn't know he was that good. Yeah. Like, I, I, like, I, I thought he was more of a gimmick. Than, but like, he, He's motherfucker, a PWG legend. Motherfucker can go. Up next, my personal favorite match of the night on the main card. Cody versus Darby Allen. We've both been big Darby Allen guys. I watched... If, if you haven't seen his match with Cassius Ono at Evolve last year, very it's good match. Awesome. Um, it's awesome. It's awesome. He's young, too, isn't he? He's fairly young. 26, yeah. maybe? Yeah, around there. Darby Allen comes out carrying a body bag with Cody's name on it. Cody comes out with a irrational amount of pyro. Although they were the <laughs> was an unbelievable amount of pyro, and it was like first Saudi Arabia show amount of pyro. Oh yeah. And uh, Darby, I don't know why they brought uh, the uncle's DUI death into it. I was this, I was gonna bring that up. This is why Excalibur is perfect for this team. He he knows everyone's backstory, yeah. and I thought it was great. It adds it a was... layer to his character, like. If you just saw this guy with his face half-painted looking depressed carrying around body bags, wouldn't you be like, well, why the fuck is he like this? Yeah. Well, he fucking got in a car, car accident with his uncle when he was five that killed his uncle. Like, that it, that fucking certainly explains why he acts the way he does. Yeah. So. Big uh, big Darby Allen fan. Though. Oh, me both I was even fans. more of a fan than I was to this today than I was last yesterday. Oh, yeah. This, they made one guy a star in this match. Mm-hmm. So, Brandy's out there with Cody. I love Cody's gear. Random side note. They lock up, work the ropes. Allen wants to work the arm, but Cody counters. Allen picks up the pace. Cody takes him the ropes, takes him down. Allen fights to his feet, arm drags Cody to the floor. Cody sets a stall for a little bit. Was that the arm drag where he went, like, went over him? That's coming later. That was beautiful. Allen gets a cradle for a near fall. Cody follows it up with strikes, showing frustration. Cody starts doing push-ups for some goddamn reason. Allen gets back in, and Cody starts targeting the arm. Uh, Cody cuts him off with a gut buster, gets a near fall. Cody lays the boot to him, attacking the knee, locking him in the figure four until Allen finally makes it the ropes. Cody flings him into the turnbuckle, and Allen takes a nasty bump. I don't even know how to describe this bump. He went, like, back first sideways. It was, like, flat back, but not flat on the goddamn apron. in between the fucking second and third rope, (laughs) and he just fucking cracked his back off the ring post and spilt to the floor. Um, So Cody locks on the butterfly lock. For a long time, Allen powers out, but Cody just gets it locked in again. Cody slams him back down the suplex, uh, follows up with strikes. Allen absorbs them and finally counters out with a delayed suplex into a cradle. Uh, he attacks the uh, hand of Cody, working an armbar and ground and uh, keeping him grounded. Cody fights and makes the ropes. Allen falls with a suicide dive and then slams Cody's hand off the steps until Cody reverses and slams him into the steps. 
Cody follows back up with a suicide dive back in. Uh, Alan follows up with strikes and hits the destroyer for a near fall. Alan up top. Cody fall, uh, cuts him off, follows him up. Super inverted suplex connects for a two fall. Then Alan bites the hand, knocks Cody to the apron, and heads up top for the coffin drop. And then he goes for the coffin drop and proceeds to pass away. That was brutal. Just fucking... Even in AEW, they got to tell us the apron's the hardest part. Hardest that part was of one of the most disgusting bumps <laughs> I've ever seen in my life. It was. Um, and he never hits that goddamn coffin drop. It's like no. Ric Flair going to the top. He never hits it. Um, Cody rolls him back in, lays in the chops. Alan grabs a body bag, but Cody wraps him in and hits a disaster kick. Unwraps him, covers for two. Alan fires back up. Cody cradles him. Kicks up. Alan kicks out at one real quick. Cody whips him with the weight belt. For some reason, this isn't a DQ. Alan counters the crossroads into a stunner type thing, but Cody hits a crossroads as time expires. Cody wants more time, but then goddamn Sean Spears comes in. And I was right in the middle of tweeting my Although, great... I liked the finish. Oh, I love the finish. I love the finish. It was very, very old school Dusty Rhodes finish. I was getting there. I was getting there. I was just in the middle of tweeting about how much I loved this and how much this made Darby Allen a star while keeping Cody strong for his match with the Young Bucks next month. Then in comes fucking Sean Spears. And he fucking waffles Cody in the head with his chair. Idiot. Idiot fucking move. I'm. It actually angers me with, with Cody. Get your fucking hands up, dude. Does not take away from the bump. It, it's just, oh, it was, he, but he crushed him. And allegedly this is supposed to be a gimmick chair. I don't know if that makes me more mad or less mad. Um, it was not a gimmick chair. That was, that was. So you think it was a cover-up? Yes, it was a cover-up. Are you kidding? Do you see the fucking blood, dude? Well, he if you see, suppose the seat part was covered and you hit him with the top part. Well, that makes a little more sense. Yeah. I they, can see that happening then. They said the seat part was supposed to be given. So it was like a picnic chair. and Yeah, but he hit him with the fucking like top part instead of the fucking seat part. Any chance Cody called an audible? And said, just, you know, fucking give it to me. Well, I think he was going to give it to him no matter what, but the chair was supposed to give, and it fucking didn't give. The chair took. Um, that, chair, that, 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 that chair showed, showed Cody who's, who's daddy. Uh, MJF is out along with uh, SCU. Check on Cody. Uh, guys, here's. I don't even have the energy for a second rant. But. I saw people say, oh, you want the Attitude Era back, but you don't want chair shots to the head. Um, listen. It's. We just got to. I know. Exactly what I you're know, talking I know, about. I know, I know, I know. I, I literally just got a tweet now. That's like saying, like, shit evolves, people. This guy's name is ridiculous. I know. Just, I'm <laughs> trying to focus. I'm trying to rant here. That's like, in the NFL, that's like being mad that in helmet to helmet is a penalty in the NFL now because it wasn't in the 90s. Well, we learned a lot of shit about brain trauma since the fucking 90s. People shouldn't be taking chair shots to the head. Like, it's just so unnecessary. I have no. If you want to swing for the head, that's fine. I have no problem with it. But just put your hands up. If you were swinging a chair at me right now, I wouldn't just stand there and look at you. I'd put my fucking hands up to try to protect myself. It's not unrealistic. It's just, you know. And then, then they start talking about CTE on the commentary and like working it into the angle. That like, infuriated me. Benoit was eleven years ago, twelve years ago. Like, did we didn't we learn? Like, it's just, just one of these fucking shots can do this shit to you. 
way it was unnecessary. If, if you're going to do it, don't make it a fucking pointless shit like he did. It was the most pointless chair shot in the history of chair shots. Didn't mean anything to anyone. It doesn't make Spears look any better. It doesn't make Cody look any worse. I'm just glad the majority of Twitter agrees with us. Like, we've had a few jackasses say, like, like this guy. I'm not going to fucking give his fucking Twitter handle because he doesn't deserve the... Please, please read his bio. I'll read his on air, like on air. No, just if you want to, but just please read his bio. I read his bio. I'm not. <laughs> but his tweet was. Dick. So I basically said, "Why are we doing unprotected chair shots to the head in 2019?" And this guy said, "I know it's great. We're finally going back to non PG again. The PG of era of wrestling has ruined wrestling for years." It's just. It's... Why do do people realize that like NXT is PG and everyone loves NXT? Everyone loves NXT, and it, that's fucking PG. Tony Khan literally said you're not going to see this on TNT. He was very adamant about he saying... He was very adamant about saying you're not going to see the shit like that chair shot and the shit we saw in the main event on, on TV. Like, networks aren't going to have this in 2019. It's Society has changed for better or worse. They don't want to see that shit. It's... I don't know. I'm just glad the majority of Twitter agrees with me and i guess you agree with me as well that it's just unnecessary it's just not, i us, us wrestling fans have grown away from expecting it and we've had better wrestling matches in the last 10 years in the history of the business and not one of them involves chair shots to that no not a single one of them so anyway this was a 20 minute draw i don't know if we mentioned it but excellent finish and it sucks because it was a great match it and takes it's away be from overshadowed yeah. by this fucking stupid chair shot but can we not do chair shots to the head, please? Like, yes. I hope, if anything, so they said Cody doesn't have a concussion. He got 12 staples. Bullshit. If, well, you, you know, sometimes you get lucky. But if anything, like, I hope they just use this as a learning experience. And don't try to fucking gimmick chairs anymore or anything. Just, like, don't do a chair Well, that's not even the first time this happened to a Rhodes. Did this, you? Did, did, uh, I believe when uh, uh, Big Bubba Rogers, a.k.a. the Big Boss Man, yeah, that was, was wrestling. Yeah, gimmick chair, too. Was yeah. wrestling, I believe it was Dusty Rhodes. I don't even think he was wrestling. I think he was just the heater. Mm-hmm. And he went to, they didn't, they forgot to gimmick the chair. That was a fucking wood chair, too. It was too. a wood chair, and he was waffled, dusty with it. But did you notice, jumping ahead a little bit, when Moxley was getting attacked by Omega, Omega swung at him with a fucking trash can that it would crumble if I sat on it. Yeah. And he put his hands up. Like, just put your fucking hand, if you're If Moxley's putting his hands up for a fucking trash can, you should be putting your hands up for a steel fucking chair. Yes. But anyway, I digress. 20-minute uh, draw. Allen came off as a star. They kept Cody strong for his match next month. Well, next month, like two weeks from now. Yeah. With the Bucks. Um, up next, the semi-main. Uh, the Elite. Kenny Omega, Matt Jackson, Nick Jackson, taking on Lucha Brothers and Laredo Kid. The Elite dressed like uh, characters from Street Fighter. I knew Street... I didn't play Street Fighter a bunch, but I knew enough to know there were Ken, Ryu, and Akuma. I didn't know that. I was always Ken whenever I'd play Street Fighter because it's ridiculous. I have all these names and there's fucking Ken. <laughs> so I'd always be Ken whenever I played Street Fighter. I got a hand rub out of that it's one. I'm fair. proud. It's fair. Um, so Nick and Laredo Kid begin. They lock up. Uh, it ends in a stalemate. Kid follows it up with a big insiguri and a high cross. They all tease super kicks because it's a Young Bucks match. They trade clotheslines. All six men get in. They brawl. The Luke just hit super kicks and followed it up with a trio of dives, which is crazy. Laredo Kid hit like a acai moonsault. He's a star. While uh, the Lucha Brothers hit topes. I, uh... Or as Excalibur calls them, Lopez, because they're a loco. The, uh... My main takeaway, this match was a very basic... 
Yeah. Basic, a basic, pedagog- basic Lucha Brothers and Young Bucks match. Do you really let me go through all these spots? No. There's a lot of spots. It was a spot fest. But I, one thing I took from this match is Laredo Kid's a goddamn star. Yeah, he is. And he's a lot of people hadn't seen him coming into this match. I saw a little of his PWG a little stuff. Bit. A little bit I've seen. But, yeah, he's very good. He's right up there with Penta and Kenny. But to make a long story short, Kenny Omega hits the one-winged angel on on Laredo Kid, gets the one-two-three because nobody kicks out of the one-winged angel except Okada. Kota Ibushi. Ibushi. Okada never kicked out. Okada never kicked out of it? Nope. Ibushi's the only guy to ever kick out. That's nice, actually. It's poetic justice. It's very, very, very poetic. After the match, Pentagon and Kenny get into a little scuffle. They're obviously setting that match up for some time down the road, but Kenny's facing Shima at Fight for the Fallen and Moxley it all out, so God knows when that match will happen, but I'm all for it. No shit, but it's going to happen again. True. Every match has already happened. Very true. Now, for the main event. So I got to ask, did you like how they said, Fighter Fest is now over. When we turn off the lights, Fighter Fest will be over. But when we turn on the lights, there will be one more match. I didn't get it. Like... Well, you saw this, right? Yeah. Because it was unsanctioned. Yeah. Oh, yes. I guess fun, then. I don't know. Like, it's just kind of weird. Like, why are we turning off the lights? Like, like we, we, we completely expect what, what, what unsanctioned will be, and then we got it. All right. So, no tights for Moxley tonight. He wore the, like, I guess, like, cargo pants. They're not really like jeans, but he wore cargo pants, and he faced uh, Joey Janela in a non-sanctioned match. Uh, Janela pie faces him to start, so Moxie fires back. Janela dumps him in his suicide bra- dive. They brawl into the crowd, trade chops. Uh, he- Janela grabs a table, but Moxley sends him into the steps, tosses a chair into the ring. Moxley is bleeding from the eye already. Janela fires back, sets Moxley in the chair, then flies with a fucking swanton. Moxley moves, and Janela eats shit. Moxley grabs a barbed wire chair. Janela backs off, but Moxley gets a slam. He grabs the chair and puts it on top of Janela and stomps away. Moxley heads up top. Janela cuts him off. Hit Rana's. Um, Janela hits a Rana to Moxley on top of the barbed wire chair. Janela slides the table in, sets him up, sets up the corner. Tease is putting him through it. They fight on the apron, and Janela hits a Russian leg sweep off the apron through another table on the floor. That was nasty. Moxley spears Janela through the table that was sitting in the corner. Moxley pulls out more tables, sets one up, then, then sets another up. Uh, Moxley f- grabs a barbed wire board for God knows what reason. Uh, Janela, D- uh, Janela DVDs him through the barbed wire board. Janela gets a near fall out of it. They trade strikes. Oh, excuse me. Janela rocks him with a lariat. Uh, super kick from Janela. He sets up a ladder. Sets it up. Moxley pulls him to the floor. They brawl around. Janela eventually slams him in the steps. Lays him on lays him on the table on the floor. Climbs the ladder. And it's the superhuman fuck this shit elbow drop. Uh, Janela pulls out another bar. I hate wi- that fucking guy. <laughs> Why? I just I, I. It's for all the juggalos and juggalettes. I, I follow him too, and I just I hate him. Dude, he's great. He is fantastic. Uh, <laughs> fuck this shit. <laughs> Janela gets another barbed wire board, makes a bridge at ringside. Moxley hits. Uh, I almost said Death Rider, but we're in AEW, so it's the paradigm shift. And then DVDs Janela over the ropes through the barbed wire board. Moxley nays and knee strikes and gets a bucket. Out of the bucket, he pulls a bag. Out of the bag, he pulls thumbtacks. Moxley removes Joey Janela's wrestling shoes and socks. Janela fires back, but Moxley hits a suplex into the tacks. 
Moxley then drops him feet first into the tax, which was nasty. Janela, that was disgusting. Janela flips him off, so Moxley gets more tax into the buckets, spills them out, paradigm shift onto the tax, pins Janela one, two, three. Smash went 20 minutes and 10 seconds. Um, I gotta say, well, let's get to the post-match stuff before we talk about it. Omega attacks him. A pile drives Moxley through the table, lays another on top of him. And that's a springboard double stomp. They brawl to the stage. Omega slams him into a drum kit and then plays a drum solo on his back. That was fucking funny. He then hits him with an electric guitar because everyone wants to walk with Kenny. Moxley's helped out by the refs, but then refuses the help. Omega returns and fucking waffles him with a trash can. Omega hits a paradigm shift of his own onto the trash can and stands tall. But at the end of the day, Moxley is still smiling. Yep. <coughs> oh, and I had a cough after reading all that. I apologize. But, so death matches aren't really my thing, if you want to call this a death match. Unless there's a good story built behind it. And I'll give them credit. Through Road to Fighter Fest and being the elite, they tried getting the story there. Basically, the story was, this was supposed to be a regular one-on-one match, but these guys are so batshit crazy, they had no choice but to make it a uh, unsanctioned match. And they had a pretty wild brawl. Um, it wasn't anything too gory. I've seen more brutal matches, but it was... For what it was, it was good. For If you're, if you're into that type of thing. Yeah, it was It was fine. Yeah. Not really, not my kind of, not my cup of tea, but... Same, I'd rather just like a... I'd rather just a match. But, I mean, with those two... This yeah, is have, probably we, better than what a regular match would have been. Yeah, you have Moxley, one hard, one of the biggest hardcore biggest hardcore ever. And Joey Janela, who <laughs> took his spot when Moxley went to WWE. Joey Janela was a fucking psychopath. So that's Fighter Fest. Um, I ultimately have to give it a B grade. I thought it was better than Stomping Grounds, but not as good as Money in the Bank, which might be a hot take. I really enjoyed Money in the Bank. Wasn't as good as Double or Nothing, which I gave an A minus. Uh, so I think B is a fair grade. I mean, this wasn't one of their major shows, so I think they. Be happy with the B show. There was a lot of good things. There were some bad things, and there were some things that just made no sense. But ultimately, I enjoyed the three hours I spent watching this show. I can't complain. Uh, what say you? Uh, B. B. C, C plus B. C plus. Yeah, that's a hot take. Wasn't that fantastic? But wow, some good shit on it. So that was it. That's Fighter Fest for you. We'll see you in the next segment for the most anticipated wrestling fact of the week yeah and it's just trying to read the schedule so it is fun with that and we'll also tell you what we have cooking for you next weekend you know as always we have to follow the entire turnbuckle topics family the most electric wrestling group in the world on mondays we have off the top rope radio with gill and his twitter name is at cuda underscore junior tuesdays is your boys at champions pod Wednesday is the Bearded Impact Podcast uh, with Chris Panero at O-L-D-S-K-E-W-L-P-A-N-T-Z. The rootinest, tootinest impact man in the West. Still going with that. Absolutely. Uh, Thursday is the rundown with at Ron Must with Ron Musto and at Lynn's Be Honest. And just follow all of us. we got some great content. And that is it. Just follow us. And here now it's time for the Kane Fact of the Week. Kane, Glenn Jacobs once worked for Fujiwara. Jesus Christ. Under his name, Glenn Jacobs. That's kind of wild. Yeah, of all the people to work for. Yeah. So that is it, and Tony will tell you what we got next week.
All right, so next week, we will have a review of Night One of the G1, which is taking place in the United States of America for the first time. Really excited about that. The American Airlines Center in Dallas, Texas. We will also have previews of both Fight for the Fallen and Extreme Rules. We will be attending Extreme Rules in person, so that will be a fun show to preview. We'll see what kind of show we will be getting in Philadelphia. And also next Sunday night, we are going to a house show in Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania, the place that Vince McMahon perished. Um, so we will talk about... So we'll talk about the types of action we saw at that house show. It'll be my first main roster house show in like three years, so I'm kind of excited to see what we get. Oftentimes house shows are better than going to a Raw because you actually get some decent little matches. So that's what we got cooking for you next week. We'll see you then. Um, hopefully I'll be in a better mood and not have as much to rant about next week, but take care. We'll see you again after a while. Peace.